Hi, I'm Nigel Roby and this is the Bookseller Podcast and here are the Book Doctors. If this is your first time listening to the Bookseller Podcast, then you'll want to know what the Book Doctors is all about. Uh, Nothing medical, nothing to feel squeamish about. Just me talking to two of our finest indie bookshops and getting their reading recommendations for members of the public. So the public, they're the patients, and these are the doctors. Ian Corley from the historic town of Battle in East Sussex joins us. So presumably 1066 and all that's a bestseller from his Rother books. And from Harrogate, we have Imagine Things' Georgia Duffy. So hello to both of you. Hello. Hello. So before we chat about the books, uh, let's find out a little bit more about the shops. Ian, you started Rother Books in November 2017 after a long career with Ottakers and Waterstones. Now, I've been to Battle Ian. It's not, how can I put this, um, enormous. Um, <laughs> so why there? Well, it's a town I've always loved. It's a historic town, as you mentioned in your introduction, the site of the Battle of Hastings. It's got a really nice mix of uh, some chain retailers some lots of independents. Lots of villages in the surrounding area are really lovely and, and lots of people come in to shop in battle and you get loads and loads of tourists over the summer as well. So it's a nice mix. Oh, that sounds good. And and were you already there? Was Is that your neck of the woods? I live about uh, 40 minutes away, but it's oh, okay. a town I've always liked. Uh, I'd always hoped that Waterstones or Rossigas might have opened in battle, but uh, it was probably a bit too small. Uh, so I've taken advantage and done it myself. Yeah, I bet I bet you don't want them to open now. Certainly um, don't. <laughs> Uh, and George, you're up in Harrogate. Uh, that you're something of a media legend with a with a Twitter event that that showed the good side of social media, which doesn't often happen. What happened? Remind us what happened there. Oh well, um, we'd been open coming up a year, and we just had um, quite a quiet time. So um, I decided to put a tweet out um, saying we've only taken twelve pound thirty for today, and if someone had like to come and buy a book then now would be a great time and um, along those lines and it just it just went crazy it went completely viral wasn't expecting it um it was seen by like 1.6 million people <laughs> in the end um, <laughs> yeah um i was really not expecting that at all i just thought oh if a few more people know you know that we've been struggling and we need more support um then you know if they come in that would be great um and they did um even from the next day we just had the most mental week and week following and yeah it was phenomenal oh that's fantastic and and it sustained itself so it was a case of kind of getting known in the first place yes it definitely helped us in the long run um we were still like much busier than we had been up till christmas we had a much much better christmas um that i mean we need to grow anyway because we're so new so it's really helped us to, to do what we needed to do so yeah no it's, it's helped us enormously along the way oh fantastic well let's get to the books so we've got three readers here john uh lives in london he works very hard in it he, well he would say that wouldn't he and the last book he read was gchq the uncensored story of britain's most secret intelligence agency which he loved and the sort of books that he likes are the kind of, I'm trying to remember the section of this, but the, the sort of books that would be featured in The Economist, so something like Malcolm Gladwell, something like that. But for his next book, he's thinking more of fiction than non-fiction, so maybe a thriller, maybe not too long. Um, so, Ian, what, what would you suggest if John came through your doors? Well, I was going to suggest a thriller, actually. Uh, Mick Heron has done this fantastic series of books. They're known as the Slough House novels. And the first one in the series is called Slow Horses. And these slow horses are, are spies. They're spies who've screwed up. They haven't, they haven't messed up enough to get sacked, but they've been sent to this dreadful building called Slough House, which is in a rough 
part of London and is next to a dodgy Chinese restaurant. And they're there to perform lots of administrative, boring tasks. And they're presided over by this monstrous figure called Jackson Lamb. And he smokes a lot and drinks a lot and is flatulent and uh, very politically incorrect, but knows everything that's going on. And by hook or by crook, these slow horses, these failed spies, get involved in proper espionage. It's very easy to read. It's very well written, though. And unlike other spy novels, it's also incredibly funny, really, really funny. And the good thing is if John likes it, there are four more in the series, which he can then read. But he does need to read them in the right order because lots of things happen. So I think you'd love it. Everyone, everyone loves Mick Heron. He's just terrific. Yeah, no, I, I, was, I, I read him for the first time myself uh, about six months ago. Uh, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Now, now say again, the, this one in particular. It's called Slow Horses. Okay, so uh, we have Mick Heron. Georgia, what were you thinking of for John? I was thinking of um, Columpsy Heights by Lionel Davidson. Um, now, it's been out a while, um, but it, it's amazing. Um, and it's, it's one of my favourite ever thrillers. Um, and it's also described by um, Philip Pullman as the best thriller he's ever read. And I thought um, the fact that John was looking for something with like politics and science in it, it's got a little bit of both. There's this super secret russian scientific base like hidden deep in the russian permafrost like so secret like barely anyone even knows that it's there um, and they don't know what they're experimenting on there but um, a desperate scientist manages to get a message out for someone to come to the base and you follow the protagonist Johnny porter um, through quite a complex sort of mission of getting near to the base you know you're really drawn into that cold world um that sort of world of him having to pass himself off as all sorts of different people to sort of even get anywhere near the base like never mind did it um and what he finds there is is intriguing and surprising and the, the whole novel is just beautiful well those are fantastic and so that one was kaminsky heights so i think we've done john proud there so let's move on to Sophie. And Sophie lives in Peterborough. And this is a nice one for us. The last book that Sophie read was A Different Drummer. And she read that after hearing it recommended on uh, our podcast last time. So that's great. Normally, she's a novel a reader. Her favourite writer is someone I haven't read, is Rumor Godden. But what she'd like is, having read A Different Drummer, she'd like more recommendations for novels that explore race and the legacy of slavery. So, Ian, what are you thinking of? Well, I'm going with a book I'm actually reading at the moment, which is The Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. It it won the Pulitzer Prize in 2017. Uh, It's an American book about the slave trade in the US, and it's set with this uh, girl called Cora, who's a slave on a plantation in Georgia. And then she becomes friendly with a fellow slave called Caesar. And they hatch this plan to escape the ranch they're on uh, via this underground railroad. Now, I don't know a huge amount about the history of this, but I gather there was this underground railroad where slaves could escape to the north. But in this book, what Colson White has done is create the railroad as an actual physical thing. It's a slightly dilapidated train which will take these slaves away. And it's just brilliantly written. I mean, the sheer horror of the, you know, the slavery in the, in the US is just atrocious. It really is. And he brings it to life, but he writes so beautifully as well. And, and I think it's absolutely gripping. Barack Obama loved it. Uh, Simon Mayo said it's one of the best books he's read in recent years. And, and it seems to be just, I think, perfect for what Sophie's looking for. Well, that, that, is, that I think is perfect. And I think Simon Mayo will be chuffed to bits to be mentioned in the same sentence as Barack Obama. So um, there's a nice <laughs> one for Simon there. Um, uh, Georgia, what about you? I'm actually recommending um, the exact same title um, with that one, so it comes highly recommended. 
Um, and I think um, part of why I think it'll be a really good one is that it, it looks at, you know, the horror of the time. Um, but it's also like a meld of genres. Like it's partly, it has the quality of an allegory. There's bits of fantasy in there, but but not to diminish the truth of what happened. And it draws parallels with what's happening today. You know, it's, it sort of stands as sort of a representation of sort of anything like that that's happened to people, not just the American slavery. Um, so I think it's really important Um novel. Well, that's great. Well, if you have two indies recommending the same book, that's got to be pretty good, hasn't it? Cathy, I think you were you were going to suggest something for Sophie. Well, I agree The Underground Railroad is so good, I want to recommend it too. But also there's a book called Homegoing by Yar Gayazi, which is a couple of years ago. And that is another truly wonderful novel. And that looks at two sisters and their descendants. And one of them is taken as a slave and crosses the ocean. And the other one stays in Ghana and then eventually the two storylines intertwine but it's absolutely wonderful and a book I mentioned I think last month it's not coming out till April so it's a little bit of a wait but it's called The Confessions of Franny Langton by Sarah Collins and it's wonderful that's set in London uh, and this woman Franny Langton has been gifted given to this couple who end up murdered and she's on trial for their murder and it's spectacular. Okay, well, that's got Sophie well and sorted out for the next few weeks. Well, unless she's a very slow reader, in which case it's the next few months. And our final reader that we've got here is from Yorkshire, and she's Liz. She's a retired nurse. She most recently read, uh, as did a lot of people, The Tattooist of Auschwitz, which she really enjoyed. But that's not her normal thing. Her normal thing is gentle crime novels, the Agatha Christie's, uh, Patricia Wentworth. And... She'd like to find a series like The Brother Cadfile, the Ellis Peters books. So it doesn't have to be a kind of classic crime. Uh, it could be modern, except maybe not too gory or violent. Um, so, Ian, where were you heading on this? Well, originally I was going to recommend the British Library crime series, which has come up on this podcast before. Uh, but I thought I'd do something a bit different uh, for Liz. And I'm suggesting she try the Donna Leone crime book set in Venice. Oh, they are fantastic, aren't they? Well, I just love them. And I think Donna Leon, she's American, but she lived in Venice for a very, very long time. And yes, they're crime novels, but they're not very violent. And it's almost the crimes are almost incidental to what's going on. It's really about the culture of Venice, the corruption, the politics. And her policeman, Commissario Guido Brunetti, is different from most modern policemen in crime fiction. Normally they're alcoholics and loners and have no family. He's very happily married. He goes home for lunch every day with his wife, who's a professor at university, and the teenage children. The descriptions of food are just fantastic. And he's got a monstrous boss called Patter, who's just who's from Sicily and doesn't understand Venice at all. And they're just a really, really great series. She really brings Venice to life really gets to grips with what's going on in that city and if Liz likes them there's about I don't know, 25 in the series and you don't have to read them in any order so she can just choose different ones so that was my suggestion. Now that is a very good suggestion I've got a funny feeling that my mum and dad are particularly fond of that series um, now I'm I'm slightly terrified now, Georgia, that that was exactly what you were going to say. Please tell me it's not, otherwise I'm um, going to feel so guilty. Uh, no, no, it's not. It's <laughs> not. So, <laughs> yeah, we're not completely in sync with those, so that's good. Oh, I've got something else. So I've found the perfect one, um, actually, for Liz. Um, it's the Dale's Detective series by the lovely Julia Chapman. Um, now, they're set in Yorkshire, 
Um, they're perfect, cosy crime, you know, there's no gory details or anything like that, but they're still a good mystery, you know, they're still, you know, gripping and interesting and funny. And it's um, based around um, Samson is a detective who's been dismissed from the police force. Um, and he's a bit of like a black sheep of the local community. It's set in Bruncliffe, which is like um, a fictional village in the Yorkshire Dales. And he's come back to town and they sort of all see him as a bit of a black sheep. But he sets up a Dales detective agency in the same building as Delilah, who set up a Dales dating agency. And he's asked to investigate um, a, su- a supposed suicide. Um, and then they find a trail of deaths that lead back to the door of Delilah's dating agency. So they end up kind of having to reluctantly work together um, to find out what's going on in the town. And they're, they're just really good. Can you recommend them enough? Oh, that, uh, that sounds a great series. So, you know, Venice to Yorkshire, we've got, to, got something right for Liz there. That's great. Before we go, why don't both of you just give me one book that, you know, it could be one that you're selling really well through your shops or you know, one that you wish was selling more because you think it's so great. So just one book that you personally recommend. Ian, what would you go for? Well, the book I'd recommend is Sea Shaken Houses by Tom Narcolis, which I loved and which is pleasingly also selling really, really well in the shop. It's a history of rock lighthouses which were built in the 19th century around Ireland and the British Isles, which you might think is a bit of a niche subject, but he's just this most fantastic, lyrical, poetic writer who really brings to life the ingenuity that the Victorian showed in terms of building these lighthouses on lumps of rock, sometimes several miles out to sea and uh, and the people who lived in them and you know it's just extraordinary just what an achievement it was that these sea shaken houses were built in those days and he talks to people who uh, worked on the lighthouses when they were manned and so he gets the stories of what it was like he spends a week in a lighthouse and gets that sense of the loneliness and you know for what it must have been like for people who were there for four months I mean it's just full of extraordinary tales like sort of engineers going out a couple of years ago to one of them and, and there was a storm and they were literally thrown out of their beds because of the violence of the storm. And they were there for two days, not the sort of five months potentially that some of the lighthouse keepers would be. And it's it's just a brilliant, brilliant book. I loved it. Yeah, and I, I've got a mental picture of it. It's not it's not a, a, a heavy-duty non-fiction. It's not one of those sort of ones where you're going to be ploughing through page after page of detailed things about how they built it. You know, there's just enough for you to get a sense of the technical difficulties involved, but nothing too heavy. Well, that's a great choice. I think that's an extremely good choice. And Georgia, what about up in Harrogate? Um, I was going to um, recommend um, The Boy Who Followed His Father Into Auschwitz by Jeremy Dronfeld, which is a true story. Um, He's a historian, um, but it reads like a novel, but it's very, very heavily researched. And it tells the story of um, Gustav and Fritz Kleinman, um, who were father and son, who survived six years of the Holocaust together from Nazi occupation to they were then uh, prisoners of the Nazis from Buchenwald to Auschwitz. Um, to the death marches to Bergen-Belsen and, and lots of other places and they both made it through the Holocaust and got home alive together against all of the odds and it's their story and, it, and we just got it in the other day and I just I couldn't put it down it's, it's horrifying obviously um, you know everything that went on there but just the fact you, you know you it's also a hopeful story you know they did survive um, despite the horrors um, and I just think it's so important that it's remembered. And with the tattoos of Auschwitz being so popular at the moment, that like this is, you know, sort of a more historical version of that, um, less artistic license than this one, but, um, you know, still a, a kind of a gripping read about that time. Yeah, no, I think that's very good. And there was that shocking statistic about uh, how many people were, were either not aware of the Holocaust or refuted its existence. So I think that's a very timely choice. 
Well, listen, thank you both very much, and, and bye. See you soon. Thanks very much. Thank you. That was Ian Corley of Rother Books in Battle and Georgia Duffy of Imagine Things in Harrogate. Great bookshops. If you're ever in their part of the world, pop in, and why not buy one of their recommendations? <laughs>